Hello and welcome to Roll Out the Barrel, the show hosted by two UK fans of the Milwaukee Brewers. Welcome to 2022 baseball. Uh, it's good to be back with you all. I'm Sean. You can find me on Twitter at Haders here. And with me is my brewing buddy, Mr. At UK Brew Crew. It's Mark Lewis. How are you, bud? I am very well. Thank you, mate. It's been a long time, hasn't it? It's been, you know, I, I checked just before we come on air. It's, yeah, it was November, middle of November when we spoke with um, with Chris Biggs and with Craig, um, sort of our wrap up of the season. It seems like an eternity ago, doesn't it? Well, yeah, it was four about four months ago, wasn't it? So, um, yeah. yeah, pretty much a third of a year has gone since we last spoke. Well, not since we last spoke, but obviously since we last recorded. So, uh, yeah, it's good to get back to it. It's good to see that there's baseball on the TV. Good to see that the season's going to start and, and we're going to have a 162-game season. So, obviously, that was part of the reason why it's been so quiet for the last four months. But, um, yeah, it's, it's good to be back. I'm, I'm happy and raring to go. Yeah, the old MLB versus MLBPA thing was uh, it was it was worrying for a while, wasn't it? I think we all expected at some point it was going to get resolved, but um, you know these kind of twenty-minute meetings they were having and with no resolution, and it it, it was yeah, it, it was really frustrating. I think a lot of fans thought that both sides really weren't putting in much of an effort. Really, it seemed to just be dragging on. Um, but yeah, yeah, thankfully we're going what. Is it a week, a week and a half late into the season, but still getting a full season? So Yeah, so still get the full season. It's slightly shorter spring training, though, don't we? So um, it is the only downside because the spring training is that, that you know, kind of month we get of, of UK-friendly baseball that we, we get to enjoy. So um, it's a bit of a shame that we lose out on a little bit of that. But, you know, the fact that we've got a full season coming up when, when at certain points it didn't look like we were going to get anywhere, did it? So um, I'll no, take that. Take yeah, that. yeah. And you know what? I was reading a couple of days ago that they are talking about experimenting with um, 11.30 a.m. baseball. Uh, it's all around TV rights and stuff. But basically, games starting at 11.30 uh, US, obviously Eastern games. And um, I think the idea is that potentially they, they want to get sort of enough people watching that before the one o'clock games start. So bottom line is, if you're a UK fan or a European fan watching baseball, that's a very convenient time to start a game. I was going to say, it? yeah, the earlier the earlier the start, the better for us, really, isn't it? So, um, I know the guys um, in the US will be like, bloody no chance, for that. and I and I get that. But, um, no, <laughs> well, I just, most of I, them I think, will be I think up it's anyway. Just an idea at the moment, mate. I don't think it's yeah. anything that's in common. Yeah, I, I think. Um, I, to be honest, I mean, I'm guessing a lot of the uh, the US fans do similar anyway. They probably get up early in the morning to watch the Premier League, so I'll guess they're up and and, yeah. and already in their sports watching mode anyway by 11:30 in the morning. So. If it gets more fans watching, it gets more fans watching, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we've sort of we've heard some news from MLB Europe about this home run X um, sort of exhibition that's coming out. And those so the Dodgers, the Cubs, the Yankees, and the Red Sox. Yeah, that's um, right. Probably probably the four most recognisable franchises in the UK, to be fair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, putting together this, it's a. I'm not sure what I think of it, to be honest. At the moment, it's kind of like a a team thing. But when you look at the players, I mean, these are not MLB regular MLB players. They're no. sort of um, actually, I don't know where they've come from, to be honest. But it doesn't no. feel that the quality is <laughs> going to be there. Um, what do you think? yeah, I, whether it's just names that are attached to the brands already, I don't know. I mean, mm. we've we've got very very little detail. It was only announced what six hours ago, so yeah, uh, I haven't seen a massive amount for it. Um. I'm interested to find out what it's about because obviously to, for it to come to London, you know, for us to have an opportunity to go and see something live, um, it's, it's worth checking out. And obviously, I know the MLB UK community will will probably jump on board with it and try and promote it and use it to kind of um, 
increase our audience. Um, yeah. So, you know, we, we'll we'll take it as is. Um, but I think obviously we're, we're more excited for next year and this 2023 London series that they're uh, promising. Um, and we're all keeping fingers crossed that it isn't a repeat of the Cubs Cardinals game that they uh, thankfully didn't go ahead in 2020. <laughs> I think that's the plan, though, isn't it, really, is to get that one yeah. back on. Um, so, yeah. End of the day, mate, we'll go along. Like we said at the time, we'll go along and boo. We'll boo both yeah. teams. I hope they both lose. But uh, Yeah, well, well, we'll do that unless the Brewers offer offer to give us sanctuary for a week so that we don't have to deal with a load of Cubs and Cardinals fans, you know. Wouldn't that be nice? Hey, Wouldn't it just? Are yeah. we talking first class flights uh, to, to Milwaukee? Yeah, sitting sit, sit, sit up the top there with Bob Uecker and all of that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. You know what? At the moment, I'll just take a follow from the Brewers, let alone anything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Tell me about it. <laughs> okay, but so, um, yeah, lot, lot's happened uh, close season. Um, we're not going to dwell too much about the whole MLB, MLBPA situation. We've spoke about that. I think we can draw a line under that for now. Um. So a little bit about the today's agenda. So we'll have a chat about spring training, uh, where we are so far, what we've what we've seen, what we've enjoyed. Um, then take a look at the players that we lost uh, in the close season and the players that we've gained as well, and what we think about that. Um, a little bit about who we're currently looking at, sort of you know top picks for the 2022 season, who we think uh, may either break through or just increase their performance. Uh, so who's going to excite us for the upcoming season? A little chat about depth. Again, uh, where we feel we are deficient or where we feel we have lots of options uh, across the field. And then finally, a little chat about the 2022 rule changes and also the, the, the few that are coming through in 2023 as well. So a lot to get through, buddy. Um, let's talk about spring training. So uh, clearly, you know, we've both been watching the live games. It's been great. Great to see baseball back on the telly again, certainly at really UK friendly times. Um, as we stand at the moment, we're four and five. We just come off the back of a loss to the Guardians. It feels strange saying the Guardians, doesn't it? Um, I think I'll just say Cleveland. Then that way it works, doesn't it? But um, yeah, Cleveland uh, beat us quite badly, ten three last night, and we're currently three sixty four in the Cactus League after, I suppose, a really strong start. Um, but again, lots of positives to talk about, Mike. What's been your thoughts so far? Um, well, I mean, I think. One of the big things is obviously Keston Hira, um, and the fact that he seems to have sorted his batting out. Um, I mean, obviously, I know it's only spring training, so hopefully he can carry that through to the, the season. But yeah, he's he seems to be swinging the bat, he's hitting home runs, he he seems to be making contact. Um, he looks a bit more like himself, doesn't he? And and I think he, um, yeah, I mean, we we obviously have that. Um, worry about his arm when he's playing at second and he's not really a first baseman so maybe and obviously we'll talk about the, the rule changes later maybe the fact that we've got the designated hitter this year that plays to his strength and we can utilize his bat so um, yeah. I think he's he's been one of the, the big ones for me um Rowdy Telez now he seems to be our our first choice first baseman seems to be looking comfortable there um and again his bat seems to be um on par with what what we saw last year and, and possibly getting better um and um and the other one really um tyrone taylor you know he he's swinging the bat and he's definitely putting a case forward for himself to be uh, part of the, the 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 starting team really so um yeah those those have really stuck out to me um and then obviously we've uh we've seen a few at-bats from um from mccutcheon um had a had a brilliant game didn't he where he, he faced two pitches and, and two home runs um yeah. and and the fact that yelly seems to be kind of 
picking up a little bit as well, doesn't he? Um, I know he's not electric at the moment, but yeah, from from going on the stats that I had before last night's game, you know, he was a, a 7.45 OPS. Um, he'd had 17 at bats. Um, he'd made contacts. I think he'd had five hits. So you know, he's starting to look a little bit more like his old self. So um, yeah, it, it's kind of looking quite promising. And you know, I haven't even spoken about the, the pitching, but um, the pitching's obviously. Um, still work in progress at the moment it's fairly early on in spring training and that's why there's the expanded roster for for um the rule changes um when season starts so i think uh give it a couple of weeks our pitching be back up and, and our bats are looking good i think we we can get on that that optimism train now can't we so <laughs> yeah no definitely i think so i mean you picked up on a lot of the names which uh i was going to talk to as well i mean um yeah, I mean, if we quickly look at our pitching again, and, and the caveat with this is it's spring training. You know, yeah. we know that whenever we play really well, we think fantastic, and whenever we don't play so well, we go it's only spring training. So we're in a win-win situation, aren't we? Which is mm-hmm. great. Um, yeah, I mean, pitching. Um, I mean, Corbin and, and Woody kind of started slowish, to be honest. Um, when you look at their stats in isolation, I mean, you know, Corbin's posting 6.75 ERA at the moment. That's not Corbin Burns. That, that's not the so young Corbin Burns that we know. But, you know, I've had a few conversations on Twitter with people about, you know, well, th- these guys, they're trying things out there. You know, it, it's it's an experiment. Spring training is, is the playground. Is It's the place mm-hmm. to try different things. No one really takes too much uh, notice of the score. But a little bit of momentum going into the season is obviously always going to be a good thing. But no, I mean, I don't worry too much about that. Um, I mean, he was, I thought he was phenomenal against um, San Francisco, against the Giants. He pitched five. We went for one earned, one hit, one walk um, and eight Ks. Mm-hmm. Um, and we went on to win that game comfortably 5-2. So I thought he showed, uh, you know, basically what he could do. They, they couldn't hit him and he was, he was awesome. And I think he went for that hit really early on as well. Um, yeah, I think it was opening batter, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so he absolutely shut them out after that. Yeah. Um. So you know, he just looked totally in control. The batters couldn't play his pitches. He's got that variation. Uh. And yeah, that was really really good to see. But like I say, I don't get too excited about when they go out there and and and, and don't pitch so well because, as I say, you know they are trying different things out. Um. And the whole format has been trying strange, isn't it? You know, you can. You can pitch to, you can go off innings, then you can come back. It's, it's, you know, it's all, um, it's designed for the, for experimental baseball, really. The, the, the rotation's been a little bit lukewarm, but I don't think we read too much into that at all. We're still the best rotation in the National League Central by a mile, I think. So, um, not, yeah, not well, we've not. been touted as the second best rotation in in the whole of baseball. In the whole of baseball, yeah. Only, only second to the Mets, I think, isn't it? Who uh, yeah. have spent an absolute fortune. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and when you look yeah. at that, to be compared, say, compared to them, or sort of second to them with the likes of DeGrom and, and uh, Scherzer, isn't it? Is it the Mets? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, they've got a really strong rotation. And so to be up there and being spoken about in the same breath as those, considering how much our rosters cost, I think uh, yeah, exactly. it's, it's pretty amazing, really. And, and yet offensively, um, you know, I mean, Keston's been great. He's certainly worked on his swing, hasn't he? You can physically see a difference. He hasn't got that kind of leg kick, you know, um, that seems to have gone. He's smooth, he's, his swing looks smooth. I'd say as smooth as my golf swing, but that wouldn't be, that wouldn't be giving him praise at all. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, he's, he's had 17 at bats in spring training, 15-24 OPS. I mean, his slash line at the moment is 4.12, 5.24 and 1,000 slugging. You know, eight RBI, seven hits. It's good to see him, I think, looking 
comfortable at the play. I don't know if I'd say confident yet, because, um, you know, I think he's got a way to go for that. But he's been through the mill. We spoke a little bit last year, didn't we, about the personal issues he had with his mother being ill as well. Yeah. Certainly, had, um, you know, would have played uh, on his mind. We know that. And, and, and absolutely, we, we, we understand that. But no, I think he looks... He looks like he, he looks comfortable. He looks like he's good to go. And uh, yeah, like you say, we do need uh, a fit and offensive Keston Hero. And that, that's been a real bonus for me so far. Let's talk to our own Taylor. I mean, he's kind of been a fringe player, hasn't he? Uh, he you know, we, we've, we've, with Jackie Bradley and with Low Kane and Yelich and Avi Garcia and that, he's kind of struggled to get um, a regular spot on the team. But it's, when he has had a chance, he's taken very, very rarely he lets you down. And again, he's hit three bombs in his 15 at bats for us this season, uh, or during spring training, should I say? Uh, 1577 OPS, an average of 467. It looks at the moment like he, uh, and in the moment when we, when we talk about players who've lost and gained, I think I'd like you know we, we can touch back on Tyrone there because I think with the current structure of the team, it feels like he's got a real option this year, this season. To make a name for himself and to get some regular, irregular slot in the team, um, but he looks great uh, and he looks looks like he's you know he reminds me of. Um, think back to when you're at school and there's always that kid when you're playing sports who turns up. He doesn't even have to try. Yeah, he just picks up a bat or picks up the ball and just does it. You know, he's just having a laugh and you're kind of concentrating, trying to be as good as you can. And this guy's just laughing and joking and he's just better than you. That's, yeah. how, that, that's how Tyrone Taylor seems to me, because he, he's got a constant smile on his face. He's, he's clearly having the time of his life. He's loving what he does. Um, and he's just going out there and doing it. And he's a real pleasure to watch, isn't he? Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. And and he, you know, he started last. Well, I say started last. Year, he started to show what he had last season because he yes. had quite a few, quite a few chances last year, didn't he? I, I see he played in ninety three games of one hundred and sixty two. So, you mm. know, <clears throat> had plenty of opportunity to to start making a name for himself. And I know that I I swung backwards and forwards with having him in my fantasy team and not. I mean, mainly had to to kind of trade him in and out because he kept getting sent back down to AAA and back up again. But yeah. I believe that those options are, are coming to an end, aren't they? Because he's he's run out of options, I believe. So he yes. needs to be playing first team or trading DFA, away. Yeah. yeah. So you know, it's so he's he's an interesting an interesting prospect, isn't he, at the moment? So because if you look at him and and the four other outfielders that we've got. Um, in um, Lorenzo Kane, obviously Christian Yelich, Hunter Renfro, and Andrew McCutcheon. You know we've got four really big names there that Tyrone has to compete against. Um, but obviously the big one there is Lorenzo Kane, who's in the last year of his contract. So you know he he's got a real big chance to to either step into Lorenzo Kane's shoes or um, you know or, or just replace Lorenzo Kane. you know there's, there's an option there that, that Lorenzo Kane could get traded away this year if he's not performing and and there's a, a large salary that he, he has to pick up this year so yeah he's got a real good opportunity this year to make a name for himself I think um you know I'd, I'd be disappointed to see us let him go but I kind of see that we don't really have any option to uh to not let him go if we can't give him the the first team I mean I think we need you need like five good Outside fielder or outfielders, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we, we got say we got Yelly, we got we got Hunter Renfro now, we got Kutch who, but maybe playing in the DH role anyway. So yep. um, 
for me, he seems the natural fifth. I know, I know that the likes of Jace Peterson can play out there, but Jace Peterson seems to be able to play anywhere. He's yeah. infield and outfield. He's Mr. Yep. Utility. He's a bit like um, uh, Lewis Urias in a way. He can play in many positions. But I, I would be absolutely gutted if we traded um, Toronto. I think that would be the wrong thing for us to do. I think he's got so much to offer the club. And I think he's already started in spring trying to show that. So, yeah. And, and uh, yeah, you mentioned um, Andrew McCutcheon as well. Kutch, I mean, he's already one of the coolest guys in baseball, right? Really I mean, just. Everything about him is just cool. But... <laughs> Um, he's just so chilled. You know, twelve at bats for us. Uh, hit those those two bombs, as you say, in that one game. Three RBI, fourteen seventeen OPS at the moment. I mean, he's yeah, he's just a guy who's loving life, isn't he? Uh, he's in the twilight of his career. He's got oodles of experience. He knows how to hit a baseball. And um, even though a lot of a lot of uh, Brewers fans or a few Brewers fans were a little bit disappointed when we signed him in that DH role, he, I think he's going to be okay for us, mate. Yeah, I do as well. And, you know, we're, we're talking about a guy with a big bat who hit something like 27 home runs last year, wasn't it? In, yeah. you know, in, in Philadelphia. And you look at Amfan Field and it's a hitter friendly park. So yeah. if he's hitting 27 in Philadelphia, then is he beating that this year with the Brewers? So, yeah. you know, you've got to you've got to be optimistic about it. Um, yeah. OK, I know that possibly the money side of things you could you know you look at what you could get for the money that you're paying him but actually we're pretty good at managing those contracts and we're pretty good at keeping our salary at a reasonable level so there are a couple of people that have to go through you know it's inevitable isn't it so um yeah i'm i'm quite happy with him i, th- I think our outfield looks like one of the best outfields in in baseball at the moment um yeah. and particularly if you think you know if, if um yelly starts getting back to that sort of 2018 season um then you know we're, we're looking at a, a pretty productive outfield really good defensive outfield um and and pretty much that's what we want really isn't it i mean we got we got by on the 2021 season on having the best pitching in baseball without any bat support and now hopefully we're going to see the bat support back yeah. that up so um you know it's it's something to be positive about isn't it and, and yeah i'm kind of thinking uh, I, i'm not sounding in hyped up enough about it at the moment so <laughs> well yeah i mean it's, and again yelich is always he's not far from anyone's thoughts as a brewers fan is he um yeah again he's looked okay he's um you know he's, he's what, 733 ops at the moment 300 average and 20 odd at bats and as you know on, on, on another uh, part I, I predicted he's gonna post <laughs> a thousand a thousand ops this yeah season. i was gonna mention yelich that back. Yeah, yeah, I was going to mention that the the hot so, pick, which was yeah. uh, so so just to, so that everybody's aware. So um, Sean um, went on to the Monday night dugout, which is run by the MLB UK community on Twitter Spaces, and um, they were looking for hot picks. And uh, so I egged Sean on to go on, and, and he predicted uh, that that Yelly was going to uh, be MVP and was going to hit with a with a one thousand OPS. So um, do we hold you to that or? Well, you know what? I'm not 100% sure and I believe it myself, but they wanted a hot, <laughs> they wanted a hot pick and you've got to back your team, right? Yeah, um, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I think the NL MVP might be a stretch. But, you know, if he, only, if, if he starts getting hot, he's not going to be far from the 1,000 OPS, that guy. No, we know exactly. that. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll be lovely to get 2018 Yelly, wouldn't it? But, um, you know, maybe 2022 Yelly uh, will be a revelation. 
and particularly now because he's you know he's backed up with other big name stars now so you know we've got Corbin Burns that everybody in baseball knows about we've got Willie Adamas that everybody knows about so there are other people there now that that take the spotlight from him so you know hopefully he can you know get back to a little bit of that form that he had it it would be lovely to have 2018-2019 Yelly back but if we get three quarters of that back then yeah he's gonna be he's gonna have a phenomenal season so as far as the other guys are concerned, he's a thousand OPS player this year, and that's it. I'm going to stick with it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I'll, I'll I let think, you know in August how. how yeah, it's yeah, I think I would have, I would have gone more for um, Corbin Burns repeating the Cy Young, but you know, okay. <laughs> which you know is is a feat in itself, isn't it? You know, I mean, how many how many people have done that? Has anybody? I don't know. We'll put it out, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll put it out there to the, the guys on Twitter. Has anybody ever? Uh, in two consecutive years, won the uh, won the Cy Young Award. I'm sure somebody has, um, but maybe it was back in the days of black and white telly. I'm not sure. Possibly, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, l- lots to look forward to. Um, there's also been Rowdy, Jace, and Willie have all showed form with the bat as, bat as well, which mm-hmm. has been good to see. And, um, and Josh as well has has come into. You know, yeah, back into to what he, we left off with him last year. I know that the first two innings that he pitched, he struck out all six batters. I know last yeah. night was a little bit different, but he still didn't give away a run. I think no. he gave away one walk and the other three were kind of ground outs. Or I'm yeah. not 100% sure because I didn't actually see the game last night. But yeah, I see that he's still got a 0.00 ERA. So that says yeah. to me he's doing the right thing. So, um, and of course, we've got, now, we've got Devin Williams <laughs> as well. And let's hope that he's done, you know, he's he's got his head screwed on and he doesn't do anything yeah. silly that uh, you know could <laughs> not benefit the side because <laughs> yeah. exactly yeah no more punching walls please I mean, yeah I think, exactly uh, hopefully he realizes how instrumental he is to this team now and yeah. we'll talk about the bullpen a bit later on yeah and, and how much that bullpen without him in it looks you mm-hmm. know i've got some concerns about the pen this year at the moment and we'll talk through yeah. in detail in a bit but yeah, without Devin Williams as well, I think we could be in a, a bit of trouble there. So, OK, so, yeah, lots to look forward to. We're just excited. We know it's spring training. We, you know, we make all kinds of predictions, don't we? But we're just excited fans. We make no apology for that. And it's just, as I say, it's great to uh, be thinking we've got at least 162 games of baseball ahead of us. But we would predict as Brewers fans to make this expanded postseason, which we'll talk about in a second a bit later on as well. So was there anyone else that's caught your eye in spring training, Mark? Um, the, the only other person is Lucy, Lucas. Oh, I don't even know how to say. It. So the only other person Ersig. is Lucas Ersig. Um So third baseman for. Well, I mean, I think we drafted him as a third baseman. He's had 96 at bats for us um, and came out and pitched an inning this year. So I think he's now pitching for. Um, it might be Biloxi or Nashville. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, considering he was drafted as a third baseman, is, is a bit of a, a novelty. So you don't often see that that transition, do you? So, um, yeah, so that's been good to see. So hopefully he'll he'll do well. And you never know, we might see him in our bullpen before long. So <laughs> That'd be great. Do you know who else made a transition like that? No. Babe Ruth. So Babe Ruth, oh, was, course, a, yeah. Babe Ruth was a pitcher. Yeah. Like yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. And then, he, and then he became a slightly more than average bat, I believe, after that. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So there you go. I mean, that, that's good. No, that's a great call, mate. Yeah, and it's interesting to see that transition, isn't it? So uh, mm-hmm. we shall be keeping a close eye on. I mean, we, we both follow the minor league stuff anyway, don't we, uh, closely? Yep. So it'll be good to keep an eye on him and see how he's um, how he's performing in the minor leagues this year. OK, so um, yeah, we'll move on to 
some of the players that we've lost and some of the players that we've gained. And I suppose whether we think we're balancing the scale on this one. Um, so th- there was four big, big names uh, who we really lost in the close season. There was Avi, Avi Garcia, who uh, had a, a really good season for us last year, I thought. Um, JBJ, we'll talk about him, mixed a mixed bag with JBJ. Um, obviously, Manny, catcher Manny Pena. And, and Dan Vogel as well, Dan Vogel back. And we've replaced those guys, really, with Hunter Renfro. Uh, we spoke about Andrew McCutcheon and also Pedro Severino, catcher, who we, yep. we've brought in from Baltimore. So, I mean, when you look at who we've lost, um, I, did a, I did a very, very quick sort of back of, the, back of a fag packet um, sort of maths on this. But when you look at who we've lost and, and who we've gained, I was a little surprised, actually, in terms of offence. I wasn't surprised. We kind of our our sort of average war across those four, or our total war, should I say? Sorry, across those four, is around about four and a half roughly uh, for for last season. And what we've gained in war in the other three players is pretty much the same. So as a sort of wins above replacement, I don't know if people don't yeah. like that metric too much, but you know that's pretty much um, even, Stephen. When we look at OPS. Uh, I feel like Billy Bean here. We got two seven seven nine against two two eight four, so a little bit down on the um, uh, on the the OPS, and the OPS plus goes down from three forty two to three oh eight. But okay, I mean, yeah, you, you you can play around with the stats. But the one thing that concerned me when I looked into that really was what we lost in terms of defence. Um, so we spoke about Jackie Bradley quite a lot of Brewers fans spoke about Jackie Bradley last year. We were all gutted it didn't work out for him because he is a good player. He's a very good player, and we know he's a Gold Glove. He's a, he's a you know he's a he's a great defensive player. Um, he's he's DRS for last season was plus twelve. Um, Avi's plus eight. Manny's plus seven. Vogie's was minus four, but that gave us a DRS of twenty three plus twenty three. And when you look at who's come in and they're defensive, so. Hunter Renfro was minus one last year at the Red Sox. Kutch was minus seven. And Severino, for a catcher, he's, um, his defensive uh, stats are poor. He's minus nine last year. So we end up with kind of a minus 17 on defensive runs saved there. And it's a massive swing there from plus 23 to minus 17. Um, so when you compare the one to the other, even without looking at what they've already given us with the bat, those defensive stats sort of jumped out a little bit and concerned me. I know that Kutch is coming in probably as a DH, but um, you know we are talking him has been out there in the in the outfield as well. Um, but yeah, that was a bit concerning for me, mate. Yeah, and yeah, it is. Uh, we we all knew that that Manny Pena was was one of our better defensive catchers, um, and we spoke in quite a lot of depth about that the last couple of years. So, you know, I, I don't hold any grudges with him going off to, um, is it the Braves he went to? You know, he got his payday yes. finally, didn't he? So, you know, yes. I'm I'm perfectly happy for him. You know, I, I love the bloke. <laughs> yeah, I wish we still had him, but I, I don't blame him for going for, for two years for, uh, is it six million pounds a year? Six million dollars yeah. a year he's getting. So, yeah, fair play to him. So, but yeah, defensively he was pretty solid, um, and uh, yeah, I don't think we're getting quite that with Severino. But then you've got to look at um, Omar Navarez when he came to us. His defensive stats were pretty shocking as well, and and our coaches have turned him around. So there's yeah. no reason why we can't do similar with Severino as well. So um, yeah, I you know, so. and I do wonder yeah. how much of because you're right, Omar was definitely. Um, 
uh, an offensive uh, catcher, wasn't he? Um, yeah, yeah. And I wonder how much of, of Manny rubbed off on Omar, really, in terms of his performance, because he certainly improved his game. There's no, no doubt about that defensively. Um, yeah, if you can pass that on to, to Pedro, uh, then that would be that would be good. But um, as you say, we have a our coaching staff have a habit of picking up people with average stats and um, getting more out of them, don't they? Yeah, well, that's kind of the way we have to work, isn't it? We, we're not a big market team. We can't afford to just go out and blow $300 million on our salary, can we? You know, we're not the LA Dodgers. So we have to work with, yeah. within our means. Um, so that's the way we have to do it. You know, we, we're playing Moneyball 2.0, aren't we, really? We can't give Abisal Garcia the, the contract that he wanted. You know, it's just not feasible for us with with being able to put a balanced team out. I mean, we could... We could pay a big contract to somebody but we'd be tanking because we wouldn't be able to afford everything else so you know we've we've got to play the the numbers numbers game a little bit yeah you're right in the fact that it's a little bit of a worry that defensive stats aren't as good as the ones that we've let go but you know everything's a gamble isn't it you know yeah. <laughs> it is every season's a gamble and and the, the last couple of years have shown you know that we've we've gone for names that have had big years that have been on a bit of a downslope in the hope that some of them turn around, you know, and to a degree it's been a, a partial success, but, you know, maybe now we've, we've got to start focusing on what we actually do need. And, and what we do need really at the moment is, is a bat or two to be, um, to, to, to give us some, some momentum because we all know when you're winning, it's easy to play, isn't it? When you're losing, it's very difficult to, to keep, um, a positive mental attitude so yeah maybe we're, we're we're kind of going back to more traditional methods of let's just score runs and and we'll work with the defense with what we've got you know um who knows i mean we always say in stones we trust so i'm sure they know what yeah. they're doing with, with their oh, signing yeah. so <laughs> he certainly knows what he's doing yeah and exactly. you know it's not it's not something that you know i'm losing sleep over it's just that just of a surprise, really, uh, when I looked at the mm-hmm. defensive stats, and it was a bit the swing of what uh, forty points from plus twenty three to minus seventeen. Um, I just think that feels like a big swing to me. But um, yeah, yeah, I, I'm not losing sleep over it. You know, Renfro is a quality player. Kutch is a quality player. Severino, yeah, I mean, he's been around for a while. His his stats are average, really. Um, last year he was he was less than seven hundred OPS. Um, so he needs to. Uh, we certainly need to get something out of him in terms of the of the, the battle. But he's the he's definitely but, going to be playing second fiddle to Navarro. Oh anyways, no doubt. Yeah, no, no doubt. Mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, so I'm a little less worried about Severino, but we did need uh, an experienced backup because, as you know, you know, particularly when you're playing a double header, which we're going to have that mm. at some point this year. Mm. Navarro can't catch two nine inning games, so yeah, yeah you need you a little argue- bit of experience in there. Yeah, absolutely. And you could argue, couldn't you, that having a real quality catcher as backup is almost a waste, you know, and, you know, you yeah. would rather have to spend your, your money elsewhere on the field and um, maybe bring in, like you say, an extra batter or, or a quality arm. So, yeah, it would make sense. But um, and obviously, so the other the other player we lost um, was was Dan, Dan Vogue, who we're all going to miss immensely. Um, but we're going to see plenty of him. <laughs> well, he's gone to Pittsburgh, hasn't he? Um, he's joined, um, uh, you know, a pretty poor team there, and wish him all the best, of course. Um, but I suppose the question there is: is there enough room on one team for Vogie and Rowdy? I don't think there is, to be honest. No, you? 
No, and, and I think that's the part. I think I know we've got the DH coming in, so you could have argued that you know Rowdy could be the first baseman and and Fogey would be the DH. But actually, if you look at the fact that we've got Keston, we've got McCutcheon, would Fogey have been our DH? You know, it's it's it was the obvious choice to let him go. Um, you know, and fair play to him. Hopefully, he gets uh, plenty of game time. And you know, I'm I'm gonna put. Um, a fiver on him to score a home run in his first game back at Anfield Field. So you know, because it's, yeah. it's going to happen, isn't it? Straight away, first at bat, bang! <laughs> you can just see it's going to happen. But um, yeah. Crowd, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you know, um, but yeah, Rowdy's um, Rowdy's more solid at first base. So you know, you, you yeah. have to put him. You have to put him in front of, of Dan. Um, you know, with the bat, they're they're both fairly similar players, and they both both did their their um thing for the fans last year didn't they you know they both hit grand slams and and home runs at the right times and and endeared themselves to everybody in wisconsin so you know yeah shame to see vogie go but you know it's unfortunately i, I don't think the team had enough room for both no, so you know and, and i definitely think that we kept the the one that we needed more of which was the first base so yeah yeah de- definitely when when you compare the two you know it's interesting because not only are they both sort of large in life characters anyway, but when you actually look at their performance um, over the last couple of seasons, they're almost identical. It's really weird. It's n- not phenomenal. They're both posting the other sort of 700 OPS, 730 and 719 for uh, 730 for Dan and 719 for, for Rowdy. Um, and as you've all, you know rightly pointed out, Ray, Rowdy has better performance at, at first base. They're, they're both deficient. They're both minus, but Rowdy's minus two, Tavogi's minus four. So you could argue, what did we need more? And we definitely needed more uh, solidity at first base, didn't we? So the, I think the decision, as hard as it is for many Brewers fans, because you know we certainly would like to have kept them both for no other reason that it's just a party, isn't it, with those two? Well, guys, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah. I think the. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, the business decision is correct, and I think uh, Rowdy is, is the right guy for us to keep. So, uh, but let's hope let's hope that you know, unless he's playing against us, that uh, that Vogie has a fantastic season at Pittsburgh yeah. and uh, and helps yeah. them uh, through what's going to be, I think, a tough season for them again. Yeah, exactly. But you know, as long as he's helping uh, take games off the Cubs and uh, yeah. And and the Reds and the Cardinals, then you know he's he's still a Milwaukee player, isn't he? So. <laughs> Absolutely, definitely agree. I mean, there, there was one other person that we also um, that we also lost was um, Eduardo Escobar as well, third baseman. Mm-hmm. Um, he's gone to the Mets, um, which leaves us again a little bit short on third base, doesn't it? So, which I know we've got um, Brosso's come in, hasn't he? And we've got you know, Ura, yeah. I can never say his name, Urias Lewis. Might as well just say Lewis. Luis Urias. So, <laughs> Urias, yeah, Urias. Um, so I know we've got those two that can cover the third base. So, but that definitely looks like our um, our you know, the, the two corners look like our weakest part of the defence at the moment. I think. Yeah, you know. I, think, I think with Escobar with Escobar going, I think um, we lost the the, the hard offence that he bought, and he was bought in for a reason, right? I mean, we, yeah. yeah. We were flying at that time, and we really expected to go really deep into postseason. Yeah, I mean, our current options at, at third are, obviously, Luis Arias, who's currently injured, but they're talking yeah. about one or two weeks, aren't they, into the season, he should be back with us. Uh, mm-hmm. Jace Peterson, of course, who's playing at third. Uh, we've got Pablo Reyes, don't forget, as well. Oh, yeah, uh, and, then, and then Mike Brosso as well. So those seem to be the, the sort of the, the four guys who were... Uh, uh, well, I don't think we're going to platoon them all, but um, they're looking like they are going to fill that third base uh, spot. But I don't think any of those 
will prove. Although uh, maybe Luis Arias actually, but apart from Luis Arias, I'm not sure the others are going to provide the same offensive strength that we did have. No, what I say in that, Jace Peterson, you know, he's nicknamed on base Jace for a reason, yeah, isn't he? So, absolutely. you know, yeah. so we're never going to be disappointed to have him inside because whilst Agreed. he might not hit home run after home run after home run, he does get on base. <laughs> He does more often than not, doesn't he? So, uh, and you yeah, know what? So, he's, he's a he's a Tyrone Taylor type character, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He's, yeah, he's fringe, but he's he's. I think he's too good to be fringe. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he just seems to have almost fell between two stalls there, Triple A and, and Major League. Um, mm. And again, he's another player in the in the same way that we're hoping for Tyrone Taylor. We're hoping he gets um, you know more more appearances for the Brewers this year because, as you say, he gets on base. As Billy Bean used to say, he gets on base. You know, yeah, exactly, that's what we yeah, wanted. Yeah. And then the only other big name, I suppose, was um, Brett Anderson that, that left our rotation, didn't he? So he was the only the only one from the rotation that went. But, I mean, to be yeah. perfectly honest, he was our fifth pick anyway, wasn't he? He was just the, the solids. Um, he was a contact pitcher, really, wasn't he? He, was, he got the ground outs and yeah. you know, didn't do anything special, but he just did no. what he needed to do. He was a grinder, so, wasn't he? He was a yeah, grinder. Exactly, you know, so, yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I don't think he's been picked up by anybody yet. So, you know, you never know. We might see him back <laughs> if, we, if we're well, looking a bit short at some point. <laughs> you know what? We, in the nicest possible way, I hope we don't. Not because I don't like the guy, but because it, we would be a retro. Certainly with the likes of, um, of Aaron Ashby and stuff on the, on the radar yeah. now, it would be... It would be seen to be a backward move, wouldn't it? We'll yeah, he, it. he would definitely seventh spot, wouldn't he, behind Lauer. Yeah. And, uh, OK, um, and so we spoke a little bit about my prediction of Christian Yelich's 1,000 OPS, and uh, we'll park that for a moment. But um, <laughs> who um, who you got your eye on this season? Who's I mean, we spoke about who's excited us during spring training, but who do you think is going to um, do a job for us this year, mate? Any surprises, or is it just one of the uh, the obvious names? Um, I don't, I, the problem is, is most of our, our players are obvious names now, aren't they? You know, they're there for a reason. So... Um, I'm hoping Aaron Ashby can uh, pick up from where he left off last year and, and go from strength to strength, you know, and make himself a, a big sort of rotation arm. Um, I, I, you know, I kind of realise that he's going to be sixth choice behind Hauser and Lauer. But, um, that's, yeah, I'm hoping... That's an interesting point. Do you think... I think the, 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 the Hauser-Ashby question is still up, it's up for grabs, don't you? Yeah, yeah, it's to a degree. Um, I think Hauser gets it at the moment just because he's a little bit more experienced. But, yeah, I don't, I don't think Ashby's far off. Um, you know, I mean, he showed last year what he can do. Um, bar, bar that one dodgy game, the, his debut, which I'm sure, you know, he's <laughs> he's happy to remember <laughs> considering how the rest of the season went and then how yeah. that game turned out. So, you know, so... It's a close thing, but we're going to need all six before long. I think we're going to start with a six-man rotation anyway yeah. because we've got so many games to start with a shortened spring training that you can't possibly get Corbin and uh, and Woody to to kind of take extra at the moment. They, they're going to need to go sort of five, six innings every game that they play. Um, and if we've got no days off, I mean, we're pretty much playing solidly, aren't we, for the first month? Um, and we do we have a double header as well somewhere along the lines in that first month? So yeah, it's it's pretty full on, and I don't think they're going to be up to strength yet because we've we've seen Woody's only had two starts so far in spring training, and we've only got one more week of spring training left. So yeah, you know, it's kind of like it's it's too soon for them to be going into that full rotation set at the moment. So I. 
the sixth spot is definitely going to be utilised, I think, for um, for Ashby. Um, and then it will basically be as is every year. It will go on who is performing and, and who needs to go down to AAA to, to work on a few things and who's got the options. And, yeah, it's, it's just so open to, you know, the, the st- we, we do it every year. We talk about the starting roster um opening day roster but the opening day roster how often is it the opening day roster of those 25 26 28 as it'll be how many of those are still on the on the roster when we get to the end of the season you know it's there's such a big turnover that we just have to go with who is performing at the time when we need them so i think for me ashby there's there's a couple of uh, bullpen arms we need to have a look at brad boxberg has got a really big spot to fill this year um did well last year so i'm, I'm glad that we managed to resign him keep him in our bullpen so i'm uh, hoping that he will put himself forward as a you know a, a seventh inning man set up devon williams and, and josh hader um Brent Suter, you know, he's he's going to have a big role to play this year as well. So I could, you know, I would love to see him kind of um, perform well, really, because you know we we do utilise him on multiple innings, um, and particularly if if our starters have an issue, he's the man that steps in. So yeah, it's kind of like those those pitchers that we've got that we don't necessarily see all the time are the ones that are probably going to jump out to us this year. Those are the ones we're going to. Yeah going to see because i think you know you're going to see adonis is going to perform and you know um colton wong's going to perform and and hopefully yelich will be back and you know novias is going to do what novias does and and you know i'm i'm fairly happy with seven of our nine starters um in in the outfield it's uh well seven no six of the 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 nine because one of them is the pitcher um so yeah it's it's kind of just just those fringe players really i think those are the ones we we need to keep an eye on um yeah you know how does lewis step up um covering third base you know um because he's obviously not going to be playing in front of um willie adamas every week uh, or every day so the 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 real spot for him to be to be in is third base so he yes. needs to perform. And we know that he had those issues with, with errors. Um, he seemed to iron a few out, but he still does have that, that hot and cold. So, yeah, I'd really love to have to see him have a really solid season. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. Um, I don't think there's going to be anybody jumping out too much. Um, I think it's probably still too early for Garrett Mitchell. Um, I know he had a little bit of a struggle when he went up to Biloxi from Wisconsin. So, um, so yes, it's... I, I think it's probably more likely going to be those fringe players that step up, whether the likes of Tyrone Taylor can, can claim their space, uh, claim their spot. We'll, we'll have a, when we talk about depth in a moment, we'll have a, a chat about the uh, bullpen. Um, there's a few few comments there on that. But I think the one person who um, uh, just excites me anyway is, is I think, Eric Lowe this year. I'm expecting good things. He's In spring training, he's been throwing some real heat. He's been throwing some 95, 98 miles an hour. And I just think he now seems to be in his groove. That time when we sent him down, he was struggling. That time he had away, that's done him a lot of good. And um, he just feels to me, just you know, just listening to the guy when he's interviewed after um, after a game or after a, you know a start. Now he just feels again um, to have some confidence there. And I'm expecting him to really solidify his place in the rotation this year, and hopefully to really put some good numbers up for us. Um, I think you're spot on about, we did comments about the um, a bridge spring training, that extra day the, uh, the, or the extra day's rest that we get from a six-man rotation makes total sense. And uh, yeah, what we, what we don't want are injuries early doors. That's really going to scupper us, isn't it? So um, 
I think we can get away with it a lot more this year because the central division for the first time in a while seems to be a little bit weaker. So it only, I mean, you've only got to see what the Reds did in the last couple of weeks. They seem to be uh, offloading payroll, don't they? Um, yeah. Obviously, the Cubs haven't replaced the, the big names they let go last year. I mean, they're still not to be sniffed at, but I don't think they're going to be a challenge. Um, no, so I do think it's going to, yes. Yeah. So I think so. I think that the last few years where it's been a four-team division, I think it's, it's becoming a two-team division. Um, yeah. And it just depends on, you know, Cardinals, what they do, really, because they've kept the majority of the team that, that had a really good run towards the end of last season. So, you know, there's no reason why they, they wouldn't challenge us. But I do think that on paper we're a slightly better team and that actually we should be looking at retaining our championship. Yeah, I think it has to lose, isn't it? Um, yeah. I know the predictions at the moment is that there's only going to be a couple of games in it between us and the cards. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see um, how it goes. I think the prediction at the moment for the Brewers was around about 90 wins. About 90, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah 1988 for the cards. Yeah. So. Yeah. Whereas um, when you look at our performance last year, we were 95-67 last season. So that'll be a step down for us. Um, although we should have had 100, 100 last, uh, last year, shouldn't we? Yeah, definitely. Fell off towards have. the end. Um, but 90 probably still takes the league, I think, maybe. Yeah. So, um, you know. Well, 90 uh, definitely gets us into postseason with the expanded yeah, postseason. Yeah, it does. So. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. That's the aim, isn't it? As, as we say every year, get yourself in the postseason and worry about the rest after that. Yeah, which we normally do as Brewers fans because it seems to go wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you, you mentioned a few um, points there, Marco. Let's talk a little bit about depth now. Obviously, it's a little bit of a new look team, certainly in the uh, in the outfield, uh, a few new faces there. Let's have a little chat about the bullpen. I, I think, as you've said, our infield feels, OK, we've got some options there of players who can play in various positions like Lewis. Uh, Urias and uh, you know Jace Peterson and these guys um, and even Keston here who can play at first and he can play at second so we got you know we got options there to move it around but our infield feels pretty solid doesn't it I think it feels yeah. pretty good my, my concern again just looking at the uh, the roster at the moment is around the bullpen I think you know in recent years we're used to having a solid bullpen that was pretty much yeah. the uh, people were frightened of our pen. Um, whoever comes out of it's going to do a job. But I still think we haven't filled the gap left by JP Firehorizon no. and Drew Rasmussen. I mean, we've mentioned Devin, he's a class act, no problem at all there. And of course, Josh Hader. Brad Boxberger, he struggled in spring training, he's gone for he's gone for some big hits. Um, again, yeah, again, we're not going to. You know, worry too much about that. But you're absolutely right. I think he's got to step up this year and really fill a hole because when you look at the the other names that are out there, you know, you're talking Jake Cousins. You mentioned Brent Suter. Um, you know, you've got Gustav. You've got Angel Podomo, Justin Topa, Dylan Foyle, Milner. These names. It it feels to me like the ballpen peters off quite quickly. Yeah. Um, that there's sort of three or four names in there that you'll go no problem. But after that, maybe you might be a little bit nervous. And the question, yeah, yeah. the question, as you've already alluded to, is who can set up sort of Devin and Josh at the end of the innings um, to, to, to close it out and to finish the game for us? So I'm, it feels a little shallow to me, mate. Yeah, and, and that's been the big, the big thing, hasn't it, that we seem to have lost over the couple of, last couple of years, really. I, I think we were saying it last year, actually, weren't we, after we, after we traded JP for um, Willie. 
we were thinking who is our seventh man it took us a while to find Boxberger but yeah I think that that kind of depth you know we, we used to have you know uh, Corey Knable um trying to think who else we had there we we've had a, a few guys in there that have disappeared and there doesn't seem to be anybody that scares anybody now yeah. um so so we we're almost relying on the starters having a five or six inning game now um so that we can we can set up devon and, and josh to, to and, and it's not going to happen is it you know they're not going to no. give it five innings every game six innings exactly game, and yeah. and you can't ex- you can't expect it to be the starter for six innings or seven innings and then have devon come in for eight for the eighth inning and josh for the ninth inning every day because mm. obviously josh and and devon will also need their rest as well so yeah the the bullpen is is probably the weak link at the moment um I don't know what they do to to change that. I mean, <laughs> we always see them picking up names, left-hand pitchers. You know, we we picked up JC. Is it Mahia um, from Cleveland? Um, there were I mean, a couple of others as well. We picked up Urena from Detroit as well. Haven't we? Yeah, exactly. Urena. So um, yeah, you know. Um, so and there you know are what, a few. These guys might come, these guys might absolutely do do a great job. It's just, yeah. I suppose, if we're predicting where we may, you know, struggle a little bit. That feels the obvious place to look. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. If we don't have, if we, if our starters don't have a good game, we're in, we we look like we're in trouble, don't we? Basically, yeah. if if the starters have to come out after three or four innings, we've got an issue filling fourth, fifth, sixth inning, seventh inning sometimes. So, yeah, that that's I think that is the only real worry. Like you say, depth wise, that is the only real worry. I'm sure they're on it. I'm sure they're on it. I'm sure there are people oh, we that we don't know about. They're in the in you know in in the double A system, in the triple A system that they've they've got they're, they're monitoring and they're working with that that we will see. And yeah, there there'll be people that that know far more about baseball than we do that that will be able to list you a load of names that they're looking forward to seeing this year. Um, and I, I'm guessing Justin Tope is one of those. Um, been off uh, a while with injury, isn't he? So he yes, was looking yeah. quite promising before that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah. until we start the season, I, I think I'm not going to worry too much about it. I'm hoping that bats will go out and get lots of runs. So when we get to the fifth, sixth, seventh innings, it'll be less important anyway. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll see how it goes. One thing I'm not nervous about this year is, is our team in general. I, I do think we're still the best team in the National League uh, Central without uh, by by yeah. well by some well I think. Um, but yeah, that's one area where certainly we're keeping a close eye and see how, how things progress in that space. But as you say, you know our front office are already on this. Uh, of course they are. But so it'd be nice just to see us maybe bolster in that area. But we shall see how things go. So the um. I suppose the last thing on the agenda for for, for this uh, for this pod, Mark, is really around a couple of rule changes that uh, are coming in. There's a few coming in for 2022 and a few coming in for 2023. And a few of these were uh, as negotiated with this whole um, MLBPA negotiation that's obviously took place uh, with our friend Rob Manfred. Um, you've already alluded to one, actually, in terms of uh, players going up and down all the time, but... Um, We'll we'll come to that in a moment, but um, so for this for this year, there for me and I'm sure maybe you, you've got some others, but there were four four things uh, this year which I thought were the biggest changes. Um, we'll go through them. There's obviously, the universal DH. We've got the expanded postseason. We've got what's to become known as the Jacob Nottingham rule, um, and then also we've got the, um, the the player options, which is kind of you mentioned Tyrone and, and Jace 
being subject to this back and forward throughout the season, but that's now mm-hmm. going to be looked at. So let's take a little look, just get your thoughts and opinions, really. So the Universal DH, uh, are you a fan? Well, having been a fan of the National League that that used rotation and bullpen <laughs> over DH, yeah, but wasn't too enthused by it. But I don't have a, I'm not against it either you know i can see the the benefits to it you don't have to put your um your your big name starter in the firing line for instance so yeah has its pros and cons I, i'm i'm probably just on the fence with that one i'm not that fussed it, it would be lovely to have a ryan braun back wouldn't it to, to fill that th spot um i and i'm not i'm not even suggesting that that's ever going to happen but you know it's that's what you want a DH for, really, isn't it? You, you want a, a big name that's going to come in and, and, and hit the ball. And hopefully McCutcheon is that, that guy. But completely on the fence about it. I don't hate it. I don't dislike it. I'm just used to watching National League rules in which we have to pull a bullpen arm out to cover a batting spot to <laughs> then you know, change it around a little bit. And the, and the tactics of that can be quite fun. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, and we're all going to miss the uh, the pitchers who rake as well, aren't we? So um, we are. Yeah, yeah we'll yeah. see how it goes. But I, yeah, I think it's it's inevitable, isn't it? Um, I mean, I, I I get why the MLBPA wanted it because obviously it gives extra playing time to certain players. But actually, in a team like Milwaukee, does it because what we'd use a DH for is generally uh, can we get Keston here back on form? You know, if he's not playing well, just stick him in the DH role. If he's hitting well but can't, his defense isn't maybe up to scratch. Then we can do it that way. Yeah, I think I that's think... that's that's what Milwaukee would use it for. They wouldn't sign somebody on a big contract just to hit. You know, we wouldn't have an Aaron Judge, would we? Yeah, who to to right. fill a DH role? So, yeah, I, I'm a bit nonplussed by it. Basically, I'm kind of like you. I don't really mind either way. There seems to be a big drive on the offensive game at the moment, and when we go into next year's rule changes, we can't we can't not talk about the shift. Um, mm-hmm. But there seems to be a big drive on more runs, more runs, more runs. When the defensive side of the game is beautiful as well, you know. But so I'm not too worried about it. It will promote more runs, you know. The DH is more likely to hit the ball out the park than a, than a pitcher. I get that. Yep. It can it can protect pitchers. I get that. And I suppose um, it, it will extend the the, uh, the playing careers for some players when they can just go out yeah. there and hit the ball. And so I do see benefits certainly from a player point of view. Will, will it affect our enjoyment of the game? No, absolutely not. I don't. No, not will, at all. You know. Um, so yeah, it's, it's not, yeah. I'm not not too concerned. Um, the expanded postseason. So obviously it's been uh, ten teams uh, for a while, and we're going up to twelve. Um, yeah. So, so you're going to have three divisional winners and three wild cards per at the AL and the NL. So there's 12 going into postseason there, with the top two seeds getting a boy into the divisional round. So yeah. So it's, it's, one, it's, it? it's basically it's basically I think the way it's looking is it's setting up how the NFL was prior to last season with the mm-hmm. 17 game. Seven uh, yeah with the 17 game season. So yeah. I think. Um, yeah, so I think what it is 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 the one and two seeds will have a bye the first week, and then seeds two, uh, seed three will play seed six, seed four will play seed five. But I think all of the wild card games will be the home team will be the highest seeded yeah. team, so yeah. there won't be that switch from 
you know, you, you won't do, see uh, two games at one and one game at another. I think it will all be at, at the um, the highest seeded team. So I don't have too much of an issue with it. Um, I kind of get what they're trying to do. They're trying to get rid of mediocrity. But the only way you get rid of rid of mediocrity is by having a salary cap. So, you know, yeah, yeah. or, or a salary a salary floor as well, I guess, because as we've seen a lot in the last couple of weeks uh, about kind of payrolls of, of certain teams and how like the Dodgers are paying three hundred million pounds, three sorry three hundred million dollars, and yet teams like the Guardians and and the Orioles and that who have got you know kind of well i wouldn't say 10 percent, but you know they're, they're not looking much better than 60 70 million so you know and i guess this is a sport-wide thing isn't it because we have the same in the premier league with the big rich clubs and the everybody else so if you want to get rid of mediocrity then you probably have to tighten those purse strings but obviously the owners don't want those purse strings tightened because they want to sell their product so it's a it's a really difficult balance to get um the expanded playoffs possibly start to address some of that but it doesn't answer the whole problem so yeah i mean for me uh, you know it gives us a chance to to make it the fifth season on the trot of getting into the postseason so i'm not going to complain too much um but yeah it's 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 kind of not addressing the bigger problem i don't think Again, I'm kind of with you. I've got no issue with it. I know that a lot of people do don't like the expanded um, postseason. I, I mean, the, the positive there for me is that it does keep more teams interested for longer. It does. No matter how you look at it, it, it does. It keeps it keeps teams seasons alive for for longer. So it makes it more interesting. But you could argue makes it less elitist as well now. Um, yeah. But but you know we've got to remember in recent years it's the wild card teams that have gone on to win. The, uh, yeah. the World Series, yeah. So I mean, I'm not sort of too worried because things weird things can happen postseason where the these um you know the, I mean you had the Nationals and obviously last year we had with the Braves. Yeah, I haven't got a problem with it. Um, it's less elitist, but so what? I'm not too concerned. I would like them to stop messing around with it though. I'd like them yeah. to go. It's that now, and that's mm-hmm. the product, and try and keep it for the next yeah yeah exactly five yeah. ten years at least. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, so another rule that's come in this year, as I mentioned, is the Jacob Nottingham rule. I mean, I don't know how well Jacob Nottingham is known within the MLB, but he's going to have this rule named <laughs> after. It's a bit like it's a bit like a Bosman in the football, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's he's, he's uh, very well known in Milwaukee, isn't he? But yeah, outside well, of yeah, Milwaukee, yeah, yeah. yeah. And well, I guess only the Mariners are the only other people that would probably know him. So <laughs> I, was, I was just about to say, well, obviously he's well known in Seattle as well, isn't he? So this is all about waivers, right? Um, and there yeah. was that kind of to me, to you type thing going on last season yeah, yeah. between the Brewers and Seattle. Um, and, you know, one was placed on waivers and then uh, and then he was claimed and then the other placed him on waivers and he was claimed. And they were playing a bit of a game, really. Um, and we could all see, every fan could see what was happening. It was quite yeah, exactly, funny. Yeah. Um, but that rule's changed now. So if a player is, um, has already been claimed on waivers, then that club can't claim them again until pretty much every other club's had an opportunity to claim them now. Yeah. So um, the kind of you can still do it, but it would have to be a player that absolutely nobody else is interested in. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that that should that should pretty much stop that, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You think there, there'll be something else that pops up out of the woodwork, won't there? 
undoubtedly. So, you know, um, it's, it's just unfortunate, really, um, because actually Jacob Nottingham isn't a bad catcher either. So, you know, I'd, I'd be quite happy if he was back with us again. So, you know, and we may well see him back with us if uh, Severino doesn't work out. Who knows? But <laughs> you, you never know, do you? Um, no, exactly. So, but yeah, it's, it's, it's that's one of those things, isn't it? I, it was just a bizarre situation last year, wasn't it? You know, we we put Nottingham on waivers. He goes to Seattle, and then within a couple of days, I think he'd only just flown over there, hadn't he? And, and kind yeah. of done his publicity photographs, and then he was back in Milwaukee again playing. And it was like, what the hell's happened there? So yeah, it kind of it did make a bit of a mockery, and I can see why MLB have, have tried to deal with it. Yeah. Close um, that loophole. I mean, they yeah, didn't yeah, break exactly. the rules, but they bent them, didn't they? That was kind yeah, of exactly. Yeah. There, yeah. And, and then the other rules team for this year, and again, we, we mentioned Tyrone and Jace Peterson earlier. This is a, a good rule, I think, for certainly being brought in to protect those fringe players. Um, is that player options back and forward to the minors only five times a year now? Um, and this is good for, for fringe players, and certainly for bullpen arms that tend to go up and down quite quite regularly. <laughs> yeah. So certainly good for the player. Uh, for players, maybe not so good for the, for the club, but um, yeah, only option five times per season. After that, they have to DFA. So yeah. um, you know that's an interesting one, I think. But the biggest thing is, is it stops them from manipulating the, uh, yeah, the play yeah. as well, yes. because obviously we all know about that. You know, kind of once they hit a certain amount of playing time, their salaries have to increase, and this, that, and the other has to happen. So. Obviously, and and the Brewers have been one of the worst. I say the worst. They, they've been one of the ones that use it to their advantage the most um, right. by by sort of manipulating that playing time. And I, and I guess that's that's something that the players themselves have probably wanted changed for quite a while. Because if you're that fringe player that gets you know, the, the Tyrone Taylors, the Jace Petersons, that get optioned backwards and forwards, this, that and the other, just so that the, a team can keep control of them for an extra year or two, uh-huh. rather than them actually being able to go out and earn the money that they should be earning because they're MLB players. Um, you know, it it seems fair and, and right. And it's more of a case of employment law than, than contracts, isn't it? You know, it's it, it's the right thing to do. Yeah, you know, it's you know what it protects them from unscrupulous owners, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Ultimately, yeah. and and I think it's absolutely right uh, that, that that should happen. Uh, they've been manipulating those rules for quite a while now. It's not good. So now again, I, I don't think any of the rules coming in for this year, well, those four anyway. Oh, I haven't got an issue with any of those. I think that they all make total sense. The 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 rules that I and I know you to a certain level as well, mate. I've got some more issues with. I think he's he's what's what's going to come in 2023. So there's lots of little things, but the three I really picked up on uh, again, the three main ones for me were there's the larger bases banning the shift and the pitch clock. The three the yeah. three things which um. So let's have a quick quick chat about those. So larger bases. So let's talk about the theory. So at the moment, base is 15 inches square, and they're going to be increased to 18 inches square now the the theory is it will prevent or reduce injuries and also enable more stolen bases so a bit more mm-hmm. excitement into the game um and a home plate that remains unchanged i kind of get the logic i'm, I'm kind of vanilla on this one i don't really mind either way it, it kind of struck me as a little a bit of a strange one i do understand certainly when a, when a you know guy's running stealing a base to second and um He's trying to hang on to things for dear life. I, I can understand how that can cause an injury. Um, and also when a player 
you know, gets caught stealing for a half inch. I, I get that. I, I, I get mm-hmm. that. But I suppose the only negative for me is we don't want to make it too easy, though, do we? No, no, there's there's a balance, isn't there? But I, I think the biggest thing for this is actually to, to try and stop the, the collisions at the bases, isn't it? Mm. So the, the runner obviously has the line to the base. Even if he decides he wants to go a squiggly kind of whatever line, it, it's his line and he has that choice and the, and he's not allowed to be blocked from that whatever he chooses or, or whatever the, the first base umpire decides to manipulate to, to give interference on uh, on the Brewers pitcher. Um, but that's another story, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, it was. there was a bit silly last year. There was a, a game against the Marlins at... Um, at Milwaukee and uh the Mar- I can't remember who the the player was he was running to first base and the the pitcher came over so the first baseman fielded it but he was off the bags and the the pitcher came over to actually um cover the bag so the first baseman just just lightly tossed it to the the pitcher who then touched the bag um but the runner was probably that far away rather than it being kind of all the way down here mm. so he was nearer the base than he would than he would have been um and the first base umpire actually gave him as an interference uh, on the yeah. running lap even though he was still on the grass because the runner was on nearer yeah. to the grass than was so i'm guessing that extra size of base takes that away a little bit more mm. but that's the only time i've ever seen that ever called yeah um also well, then but apparently yeah, this could... has been discussed for a while now. This has been on the, yeah. on the horizon for quite some time. Um, and I know they've experimented with this in minor league, haven't they? So Yeah, I mean, that's the place to try these things, isn't it? You know, minor leagues is, is the place to uh, to try different rules, see if they work and, and not. Um, I th- whether it'll make any difference, I don't know, to be honest. Because, I mean, we're talking... I, I guess it's a game of margins, isn't it? It's, there's such fine margins that would an extra three inches on a base, two inches on a base matter who knows <laughs> who knows <laughs> tell, so that'll be interesting. exactly exactly i don't I, I don't think anybody would even notice if they didn't say anything and they just started playing with 18 inch bases instead of 15 inch bases i don't think anybody would say well hang on a minute that's a bit out of order i don't think anybody would would no, notice so not, yeah. so i guess yeah. so i guess from a our point of view it makes not much difference so, so the other two rules coming in for 2023, I, I am not a fan of at all. Uh, I know that me and you share the same opinion on the next one, which is banning the shift um, again. Um, there's this offense, offense, offense. Yes, offense is exciting. Of course, you know you don't want one nil ball games. I understand that. But um, you know, this rule now, where you have to keep two infielders either side of second base. Um, yeah. It. It, it, I mean, I, I made a note earlier. I, I put no reward for doing your homework, you know, for yeah, exactly. analysing a team. Because to me, a, a batter who can hit a ball hard but always puts it in the same spot isn't a great batter. It's like, no, exactly. And, exactly. and I know baseball isn't cricket, but I have to refer back to cricket. In cricket, you can put a fielder anywhere on the field within reason. There's one or two illegal, illegal field places, but not many. Mm-hmm. You can put them anywhere. And it's up to the batter to, to, to bat the ball where the fielder isn't. I don't yeah. understand why the, the shift is... Uh, well, I do understand why they, why it's been moved, but I don't agree with it. And I know uh, a few weeks ago, I remember you, you tweeting something similar, Mark. Um, you're not a fan yeah, of yeah, it, yeah. yeah. No, no, not at all. Because a batter should be able to put the ball wherever he chooses at the end of the day. And I get that it, to be an MLB 
batter pitcher you have to be elite and we're talking milliseconds time you have to make a decision about what you're going to do but a batter needs to be able to 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 look at the field and if there is a shift on there is a big gap somewhere it shouldn't take too much to be able to just adjust yourself to be able to hit that gap and if you hit that gap you're getting a double yeah absolutely so uh, for me it's all on it's all on the batter And and i get that there's there's this argument at the moment that pitching is so far in front of batting in games but I, I'm, I don't know how you feel. To me, a game that is one or two nil feels more special than a game that is seventeen fifteen. I don't <laughs> tend to like yeah. sports where the scores are one hundred and twenty three to one hundred and seventeen. You know, and I, I've tried to watch basketball and I, I've tried to get into it, but I can't. I, I don't see the excitement of scoring every twenty seconds. I to me if you're scoring it's because you are at the pinnacle and you are doing the right thing and that is why to me the batter needs to sort himself out and the shift should be able to stick because at the end of the day the 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 defense are doing what there's what they're like you say they're, they're getting rewarded for their homework as you say when the shift's in place you're saying to the batter look at this big gap here if you're good enough get it in the gap and that's Bunch you know, down yeah, the baseline. Absolutely. <laughs> you know. This is the challenge, isn't it? And, and a great yeah, yeah, exactly. will be able to do it. So, yeah, not a fan there. And the other one, which I'm not a fan of either, and, and, and I'll, I'll walk the logic on this, is this pitch clock. So, at the moment, for 2023, um, there's going to be a pitch clock uh, put in place. So, they're talking 14 seconds per pitch if the bases are empty, and up to 19 seconds per pitch if there's runners on the bases. Okay, so these are the the numbers that they're quoting at the moment. Um, Now, our friend Rob Rob Manfred says this will increase the pace of play. Right now, so this is my I I I don't like this, but but this is this is my logic on this. I'm at a note saying, do we need this? I mean, if I've paid a hundred dollars to go and sit at a at a a baseball game, am I sitting there going, I wish this game would already up and finish? You know, because what's your average baseball length of game? So three and a half to four hours, maybe. I mean, four yeah, hours yeah. is quite a long game, right? Yeah. So am I really sitting there going, oh, I wish it only last two hours, two and yeah. a half hours? I don't. I'm not sure. I'd be interested on Twitter if anyone wants to engage with us on that. I don't think there's a baseball fan around that wants a game finished in three hours, under three hours, is there? Maybe there are. But... No, um, the, the know, only time it would be of benefit is if you had something you couldn't get out of that evening and it was a one o'clock game, you know, <laughs> oh good, it'll be finished by half three, I can I can get there, you know. Yeah. I, as as a sports fan, I pay to go and watch the sport, I, I don't care about the time of the game, I want to watch the game play out. Um, the pitch clock to me seems a bit stupid because more often than not, the reason why the the whole thing is slowed down is because the batter puts his hands up and steps out of the box as well. So what's going to happen with that? So the pitch count starts, the batter gets into position, he starts doing his thing, and then all of a sudden he puts the hand up and steps out again. So what's, yeah. we're going to go back to another 19 seconds. It's just pointless. I mean, yeah, you want a quicker game, and we've said this time and time again, you want a quicker game, stop putting at it blooming adverts into the middle of the game and, and stopping everything from happening because you're putting adverts in that yeah. to me is what slows the game down never, it's never gonna happen mate is it no exactly because that is you know. where the money's coming from so yeah, yeah it's just ridiculous uh, as far as i'm concerned yeah the only one that's that's gonna ever ever kind of 
go 100% with that pitch clock is going to be Brent Suter. He's the only one that doesn't need it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, I just don't, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. What, what is he going to save? I mean, what, what time is he going to save? I don't think it's been thought through. I think I've looked at a very top level and gone, pitch clock, there you go, that'll save time. Um, I agree. Lots of things can happen which will alter that and change that. But I still don't believe that there are many baseball fans out there that think the game takes too long. I really <laughs> don't. And as I say, I stand to be corrected by anyone who wishes to correct me on that. But <laughs> I don't believe, I don't think I've ever watched a baseball game, unless the Brewers are getting hammered 10 nil. where I've gone, <laughs> I wish this game would finish because, well, you know. I think, I think the, only time that, I, the only time that's ever happened to me is when I've said to my wife, uh, a game that's starting at 10 o'clock should be finished by half one, I'll be up. And then it goes to extra innings and you think, oh, crap, it's going to be three o'clock in the morning by the time I get to bed. <laughs> Yeah, and there's no there's no runner on second in extras now, is there? So uh... um, yeah, I was going to ask about that because I saw that they were talking about bringing it back for the regular season, but not for the postseason. Is that confirmed? I don't. Um, not to my knowledge, but again, maybe I must have. I thought that they'd got rid of it for. Yeah, because I, I definitely saw something that it's definitely not going to be in the regu- uh, in the postseason, but I wondered whether they were talking about it for the uh, the regular season. So I guess I guess where that benefits is, and this is probably the only time where they should probably use it is when they're doing a double header because the the games are now going to be nine innings rather than seven innings. I guess that would would help yeah. with that situation. But I've got no problem with that. Yeah, yeah I don't. I, yeah, I don't have an issue with it then, but I don't really want to see it. You know, it's not often that extra innings goes eighteen game uh, eighteen innings. You know, more often than not, it is 10 or 11 and it's done. So, And you you can't beat a positional player pitching. Come on, we all like exactly, to Exactly, exactly. Do you remember exactly. When, when Rizzo struck out Freddie Freeman? Freddie Freeman, exactly, it was, yeah. It was good fun, right? Exactly. Um, so, you know. I, I think one one thing's for sure, Mark, you know, we, we sound like a couple of grumpy old men, don't we? But the um, whatever rules are going in place, we're going to love the game just as much, ain't we? So, uh we do, we do. We'll get used to it and we'll crack on. Yeah, but exactly. Yeah. I do hope they rethink some of those rules a little bit before they implement them, because there's a few there which I don't necessarily see the benefit of. But um, okay, well, listen, mate, it's been awesome talking to you as usual. We've um, we've gone on a bit today. I think we've been starved of podcasting for so long that yeah, um, I think so. <laughs> we've um, yeah, we've we've a bit of a bumper edition there. So um, we're going to sign off, guys. Um, thank you for listening to the first pod uh, of the 2022 season. Next time we talk with you, we will be in the regular season and hopefully have some exciting uh, stuff to talk about. So we're going to wish you adios and all the best. I'm Sean. You can find me on Twitter at Hayders Hair. He's Mark. You can find him on Twitter at UK Brew Crew. And you can find the pod on Twitter at UK Brew Crew Pod. Mark, I'm going to wish you... Um, a happy and healthy next couple of weeks, buddy, until I speak with you again. And you take care of yourself. Yeah, and you, mate. And, you know, look after yourself. Keep watching baseball. Um, keep getting involved as well. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're open to conversation with everybody. Um, and, yeah, yeah, hopefully we'll get that interaction going. And, and the baseball season will, will soon be upon us. And we'll be looking at retaining that championship. Absolutely superb. And to everyone listening, thanks so much for your time. And we do appreciate your support. And go Brewers. Go Brewers.